With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, no surprise here, Michael Lombardi, as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. Got a lot to get to in the final hour here. No surprise, early voting, who won the Preakness yesterday, is going to skip the Belmont. I mean, you got to be kidding me. It's going <laughs> to skip the Belmont, point to the Travers there up at Saratoga. So taking all the juice out of the Belmont there in New York on Long Island. That's a bummer. Well, well. You know, I mean, look, it, it, I think we're, there's more that meets the eye in this sport, and money obviously is the king of all, and, and they want to preserve the, yep. the, the, the legacy of their horse, which then leads it into the perfect breeding situation. So, I mean, look, it, 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 you know, I, it, it's bad for the sport. It, it doesn't look good, but it's something that's good for business. And it's great for business. I think ultimately. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah, 100%. He's going to be fresh for the Travers. So just thought I'd pass that along. Of course, we've got – a game three in Dallas. Dallas has been bet up to three, but I wanted to bring this up with you to start a new hour. So Deshaun Watson, he had an interesting week last week. He met with NFL investigators, and then he went off to the Bahamas playing golf with his new Browns teammates. This week's going to be uncomfortable. So those that don't know, there's going to be an HBO Real Sport this week on Tuesday release, of course, Brian Gumble, where I believe several women will appear on the show and just detail the alleged abuse they suffered and share their reactions to Watson's record-breaking $230 million contract. So this is going to get, we don't have a decision on a potential penalty or suspension for Watson, but this is going to be interesting Tuesday when this series drops. You know, you know, and I, and I can already hear the echoes from the Watson's camp saying this is not going to be good. And obviously, anything that's on real sport, you would think the NFL would have known about. I mean, they would have done their homework, they would have done their due diligence, and they would have been able to, uh, to, to have all these women already interviewed. So anything that happens in the real sport interview isn't going to necessarily affect where they're going with this. But I do believe uh, the NFL is talking about a ruling sometime in June next month. I do believe. I, I think we're looking at between a six and an eight game suspension. That's just my gut feeling. I have no knowledge of that. But I do think But I think that's a separate issue than Baker Mayfield. I think that's Jacoby Brissett's job to lead the team. Uh, 
I don't think they can expect Baker Mayfield to come in and be the, the pinch hitter while Watson serves his suspension. So 8-9 last year. They start at the Panthers. Would you say that number was, Elliot, four and a half on the board at most books with the, with the Cleveland Browns laying it? Their favorites in division. Look, this was a team that everybody – that was the team to bet last year, Michael, in the futures market, and a down year after that tremendous game in well, Kansas City the year the before. Well, look at the start of the schedule here. Okay, let's just start it off. We got – could it be Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Could it be – it's Zach Wilson. Is it going to be – is it going to be Kenny Pickett or is it going to be Mitchell Trubisky? Is it going to be uh, is it going to be Marcus Mariota or is it going to be Desmond Ryder? I mean, think about it. They have four games that you know if he gets suspended for four, that I don't care who they play at quarterback with Kareem Hunt and with Chubb and their offensive line and if Brissett can just execute, they should be able to win three of those games. I yeah. mean, you know, they should. They're not playing against the greatest opponents. Now, anything can happen, and obviously injury plays a huge factor in all this discussions. But to me, that, that schedule set up very favorably to them as if they knew Watson was going to get suspended. This one's kind of hard to predict because it's unprecedented as far as what Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for, and my assumption is he will be suspended. Just based on your circle, your guess would be what for the number of games? My guess is somewhere between four to eight, and I know that's a large, large uh, void uh, uh, guess. But I just think to me, you know, this based on, and again, I, I haven't seen all the data. I've listened to some of it, and the league would know better. But I think certainly the, the effect that it's created, the, the look, which is important to the league, uh, has created also, and it was so bad that last year he didn't even play any games. I think it's going to be – it should be – look, they suspended one of the greatest spokesmen for the game, four games, and they never proved he did anything wrong. And he didn't do anything wrong, Tom Brady, in, in the Deflategate. I mean, that's just a complete – so this is what's – this is the problem with the National Football League. There's no consistency within the rulings. So it's very hard. Tyreek Hill, he had that incident with his girlfriend, you know, where they didn't even let him come to minicamp. He didn't get suspended at all. They did their homework. They concluded there was nothing here. So it's very, very subjective. I don't know the answer, but I got to at least think four games would be the minimum. You bring up a great point. When is the Brady Patriot whether it's Netflix, HBO, who's doing the special, under, who's doing the investigative piece on uncovering that because we need to see it. It's been a few years well, now. Well, we no? do need to see it because it's been based off, it was based off all lies. It was, you know, it's like Frank Pantangeli in The Godfather. Lies, lies, lies. I mean, it was all lies. You know, it was, you know, though it was 10 balls were deflated wrong, and then it was three, and then it was seven. I mean, it was a, it was a comedy, you know? And, and, and the fact that the second half, when allegedly the balls were replaced with the perfect balls, we scored more points in the second half than they scored in the first half. Like, like it, it, it's just completely, <laughs> and it cost a million dollars. It cost a first-round pick. I mean, based on what evidence? I mean, if you, think the, if you think the Warren Commission based their conclusion on loose data, this is even worse. I'm laughing. Deflategate. I was doing sports talk radio at the time, three hours a night. I did three hours for three straight months every single night simply on Deflategate. People calling in, well, he broke the, he crushed his cell phone. 
So obviously he's guilty. You know, there were so many. If you were on one side, you could build a case against Brady yeah. and the Patriots. If you're on the other side, well, you got science, you got Bill Nye, the science guy involved, you know? Well, I mean, I think, look, I was in the building. And when we first heard about it, you know, we were like, what are you talking about? Like, like seriously. And we all know this. Look, quarterbacks, particularly great quarterbacks, from Peyton Manning to Johnny Unitas to all of them, Joe Montana, they all like the football a certain way. And it's good for the game. It isn't like they doctor the ball up. They're not putting, you know, stick them on the ball or they're doing something to cheat it or cutting it like in baseball. I mean, there's just certain ways they like the ball. Remember when we had those K-balls? The quarterbacks couldn't throw them. Mm -hmm. That was the bright idea of the NFL, right? They had those slippery K-balls. Nobody could throw them or catch them. They kind of they, they quietly eased them away from the game. I mean, to me, it was a no story that, that got perpetuated from – you know, Mike Kensel and the Peter Kings and everybody in the league that were right. Go back and read some of what was written then today based on what we know. Well, at least Nesson, Patriot fans, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick don't hold a grudge because they all handled it very well after <laughs> just playing. Just they, they, and they have a right to so hold you're a grudge, asking to be me, fair. You're asking me one of the great spokesmen, a guy who's going in the Hall of Fame, who has been an ambassador to the league who's done nothing but promote the league and make money for most of these teams through his performance. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you think the value of the New England Patriots would be over $5 billion if Brady or Belichick weren't, weren't winning all those titles? Of course not. And yet you suspend him four games, and you can't even prove he did anything wrong. Just like to So say, what are you going to do with Watson? What are you going to do with Watson? Uh, the, I think your number, I think six is the answer. I think eight is going to be the number, and it's going to be reduced to six. That would be my – I'm just guessing based on your kind of frame that you put, up, put out there. Because, see, what I don't think people understand, too, is that the, the union's going to have some say in this, too. And even though the commissioner holds the power to do what he wants, there's still some union legal issues that have to get tied down and the T's have to get crossed and the I's have to get dotted. So, like, to put it on record, TB12, the Lombardi line – Time stamped May 22nd, 8.08 a.m. West Coast time. We have your back. So if you want yeah. to send us a cookbook or some avocado underwear or whatever it is, we'll, we'll take free swag from TB12, no? <laughs> I'm sure you, mean, could no just, you could probably get something. Just send a text. Um, so you wrote a great article at vcin.com, quarterbacks that need to step up this year. And, of course, the acquisition yeah. of Russell Wilson changes the dynamics big time for Denver. And, of course, that division, AFC West, uh, that's one player, though, you pointed out and you said, look, he, he needs to step up this year, this being Russell Wilson. No doubt. I mean, when you go back and watch the watch Seattle last year, you know, and, and you study their team and you see before he got injured and, and you look at what he was able to do within the offense and how he was throwing the football and moving it. I mean, it wasn't the same Russell Wilson. I mean, just think about this, Patrick. Last year, he had zero game winning drives. Zero. He had, he had, excuse me, fourth quarter comebacks. He had one game-winning drive. And when you go over the whole season with his play, I mean, there's so many bad moments. The Tennessee game, they lose in overtime. I mean, the Chicago game, they have a, 20, they have a huge lead against Chicago, and they lose that game. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he's got to play better. And I think he's got to do it with his legs. I think he's got to run better. I think we just can't assume because he's Russell Wilson. This is what the point of the article was. We have to peel back the layers a little bit about we know these guys have been great and they've played great, but sometimes we have to admit they're not playing great. That doesn't mean they can't. 
We're not knocking him. Patrick Mahomes did not play great last year. I don't care what pro football focus says or any other. He did not play great. You can see it on the tape. Same thing with Russell Wilson. He did not play great last year. And, or at least to the level that we've seen them play. We always talk about everybody has to improve, but we leave out. The, but ultimately, what matters more than anything is the great players have to play great. You know, it's interesting, too, with the weapons, Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Hamler, you go on and on. They have weapons, but there is some, there's an air of controversy around what's happening with Judy as well with the domestic violence charges. So there could be a suspension no coming from him for him as well. You could see something there. And, and I think the, the offensive line, I think you've got to look at them. I think they got a chance, but they lost a really good line coach in Mike Munchak. He's retired. He's out of it. They're going to have to improve. Will Garrett Bowles go back to being the holding king of the NFL? He did more last year than ever. You don't want to be known as the hold. That's not the crown you want, the holding no, king. But he is the holding he, king yes. of the NFL. Nobody holds more than that guy does. And, and, and we know this. When you get a holding call, it, it, it kills your chances of scoring. I think it reduces it down to like 15%. So there's a quarterback duel going on in Seattle, that being Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I don't know if it's a duel. It's exciting. We're coming back. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Bring that state-issued ID. You're ready to go. Whatever your sport, whatever your style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology. Remember, they got the loyalty program as well, so you accrue points visit betmgm.com and if you have a gambling problem it's 1-800-522-4700 got one half of the gm shuffle over here to my right femi 
in Michael oh, Lombardi. He's in the house. It's good to see Femi in the house. Yeah, Femi is in the know? house, and you can find GM Shuffle. Go to VEASAN.com or wherever you get your podcast. We mention it because it's the last It's the last day of the English Premier League, and so we've got one, we two, got? three. We've got, we got four different games on all over. Uncrustable is working his butt off to get as many on the TV as he possibly can, and Elliot chilling as well as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Have you gotten into, have we, has it, wore, have we wore off on you at all uh, through attrition uh, talking about soccer? Have you gotten into the soccer at all? You know, I, I have not. Obviously, I've been Fair. a little bit consumed by the book, uh, uh, but I, I intend to. I marvel at the crowds, the intensity. I was uh, reading Wright Thompson's. He's over in the Ukraine as they try to get ready for uh, the World Cup, even though the, the battle's raging against the Soviet Union. So I'm anxious to kind of look into that. But yeah, I, I do like to, to read about the coaches over there. It certainly yep. helps when you write about the daily coach. But, so I, I plan on it. I mean, I have it on my list of things to do now that I don't have to spend most of my day writing, Patrick. Well, I wonder if what was it was the F1 show on Netflix, right? That had such a it, it played such an integral part in the popularity of F1 racing. I wonder if that Ted Lasso show will do something yeah. for Americans and English Premier League and just European soccer in general, because it's such a vast like a crazily popular show uh, with Sudeikis. So we shall see. Uh, question for you before we get into the Seahawks and that is how much do you want to say or can you say Gridiron Genius was a, a great first book would you like to say anything about timing or content as far as the next book that's dropping I don't want to put any words in your mouth but I've read some of it it's incredible what can we tell well, the audience what, what it is is it's a journey through the Hall of Fame and and we have not come up with a title yet for it but it is a journey through the hall, and it's a little bit. It's a. T I rank the top coaches in the league. I set a criteria for what I believe a coach needs to achieve to get into the Hall of Fame. You know, Marty Schottenheimer, for example, has 200 career coaching wins. He's not in the Hall of Fame. There's only nine people on the planet, including Schottenheimer, who has 200 wins. And you could say, well, he doesn't belong in the Hall. He never won a title. Okay, great. You're right. He's never won a title. But there's only nine humans out of, what, 750 guys that have called themselves head coaches going back to the 20s. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that's a really small percentage. If you can achieve that, you deserve recognition regardless of if you – You've been to the Super Bowl. It's Marv Levy's four Super Bowl losses better than 200 wins. I mean, you've got to balance that out. And I think what I try to do in the book is create a criteria for coaches, try to create a criteria for players, and then talk about the game, you know, some of the things that have happened in the game. You know, Al Davis almost trading for John Elway and feeling like he did going through the history of the television impact on the NFL and, and, and talking about the draft and why it's become so popular. That's part one of the book. Part two of the book is the grade the top 100 players and write up the players not in strong points, weak points, but trying to bring it forward. You know, how would, you know, a certain player play today who, you know, played in the 30s or the 40s? You know, what would that look like today? And try to move the game forward. What would Sammy Ball look like as a quarterback? What would Johnny Unitas be as a quarterback today? And then write up the players and try to use some comparisons to it. So it's kind of two books in one. And uh, that's kind of where we are. Yeah, I'm looking for. If you like football, if you like, if you want to learn about the history of the game, if you like lists, this is your book. It's going to be pretty awesome. So we'll have more information as we get closer to the release date.
Is Pete Carroll a Hall of Famer? Will the decision he made on the goal line preclude him? I'm going to get to the you Seahawks, know, but let's start with Pete Carroll. I, I, that's a fair question. I, I, I think when you look at Pete Carroll's you know, record, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, he's got 152 career wins in his, in his NFL coaching career. He, he's been one of the unique coaches in the sense he was fired. Can you imagine being fired for one of the worst coaches ever in Rich Cotite, and he got fired for one of the greatest, the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. I mean, he's seen the spectrum go from both ends, right? Yeah. You know, he's seen it at complete different levels. And, and yet he's been able to win 152 games. He's got a 59% winning percentage, which is really good. You know, he's coached in that game, and he's won a Super Bowl. He meets the criteria that I set, you know, whereas Dick Vermeil doesn't. And I know people say, well, Vermeil won. Vermeil's a 52% winning percentage coach. I grant it. Vermeil went, suffered through some tough times in Philadelphia, which added to those losses. But when you do go over the landscape of the Rams, if Vermeil doesn't hire Mike Martz, you know, he's, over, he's having two bad seasons in St. Louis. And John Shaw, then the president of the team, says, you're either hiring Mike Martz or you're not coming back. He did. That saved him. That propelled him. When he went to Kansas City, he only made the playoffs one time with a very, very good team in Kansas City. So, again, not discrediting Coach Vermeil at all. Wonderful coach, great leader, great person. But there has to be some criteria that you must set forward for that in order to get there. And I think Pete meets the criteria. Now, you know, he won 12 games a year ago. He won 11 games a year before. Pete comes under a lot of scrutiny as well because of his style of trying to manage the game, which is a little unique. But, you know, he's been able to – they won seven games last year with really not a very good team. I think this will be an interesting year to see how good of a coach Pete is. I suspect he will rally back. He'll be 71 in September. What is fascinating, he is by far the youngest 71-year-old that's ever walked the planet. He'd be exhausting to go on vacation with, though, because sometimes <laughs> you just want to chill and have a cocktail by the beach, and he'd be like, let's go. I got an itinerary. Let's go. We're going to climb this mountain. We're going to jump out of this plane. And I feel like at 71, he would still call you dude. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he loved, but he's got but a lot of energy, he showed, man. And he's got a lot of passion for his profession. And I think what he did this offseason, okay, what he did this offseason was important for him. He admitted that his defense, that he started back in 1984 up in Minnesota with Floyd Peters and Monty Kiffin and, and, and those guys up there, that they developed this cover three, you know, really a, an attack style of defense, an eight-man front whether it was Joey Browner or Cam Chancellor or now Jamal Adams playing in the box to be a dominant run force, playing zone on the outside that translates into man, that he's felt now he's run its test of time. Even though the Gus Bradleys and some of the other teams are still teaching it and running it, you know, Robert Salai, it's run its course. And Pete basically now has decided through his own observations to, to get away from it. And I think that's an important thing. So he's going a little bit more to the Vic Fangio scheme, which I think he needs to do. And we'll see if his defense can respond. I mean, he loved Ken Norton as a coach because Ken Norton kind of knew what his system was and knew what he wanted, but it wasn't good enough. And so now he's going to have to change his defense to see if he can do it. Well, on paper, it's officially rebuild time for the Seahawks. At the book, the win total set at five and a half, six depending on what book you shop. But Wilson's gone. Bobby Wagner's gone. Uh, he fired Ken Norton Jr. So it does appear on paper. They're fourth, your fourth betting favorite in the NFC West. It does appear on paper. It's officially rebuilt, rebuild time. Would you agree? 
Yeah, and I would play the over, and I would play the over here because I think they're going to make a move for a quarterback. I don't think they're going to go down the drain with Geno or Drew Locke. I don't think so. So I think what you're saying is if you play it now, you're basically like the guy who played Tampa to win the Super Bowl before Brady came on board. You're anticipating a move they're going to make at quarterback. And we know this. We know there's two quarterbacks out there. We don't talk enough about Garoppolo because of the shoulder. But you put Garoppolo on Seattle, and assuming their right tackle and left tackle can come through, they were not very good last year. But assuming that comes through, you know, with their ability to run the football, they add Penny, they've got Chris Carson, who's a good back, and then they draft Kenneth Walker, who I think could be really good. You know, and they've got, you know, we talk about skill. I mean, this team spent too much time drafting receivers, in my opinion. They draft the Eshridge kid last year in the second round. They got Metcalf as a two. Tyler Lockett's one of the higher paid receivers in the league. So they've invested in this position. And remember, they got Noah Fant, who they got last year for, in, in the Wilson deal to play tight end. They've got some skill. They get this line turned around. They'll run the football effectively. And if they can play that, play good defense, I mean, they're hard place to play up in Seattle. Not last year, but they typically are. You know, you, they can go over that five, five-and-a-half number if they get – if you put Baker Mayfield on this team, I think they could win seven, eight games. Yeah, just looked at a, another book. They got them six. So if you can find a five-and-a-half, you're just going to be juiced up big time on the Seahawks. But most books sit at six. And they went with a guy you really like. They went with an offensive lineman and cross out of Mississippi State ninth overall. Yeah, and I mean, they needed that. I mean, Dwayne Brown's still out there. He's not, he hasn't been healthy. Last year they played Brandon Shell at right tackle. They couldn't get that going. You know, but when you look at it, when you look at what they were able to accomplish, I mean, one of the big areas that they couldn't do is they couldn't stop the pass. I mean, teams threw the ball effectively on them. They couldn't turn the ball over. But they played very well in the red zone. I mean, this is where they really got – this is what saved their season to get seven wins. I mean, they were the third-best team offensively in the red zone, the fourth-best defensively. I like the way you put it. Over on the season win total for the Seahawks because the quarterback, he ain't there yet because they didn't address the position in the draft. They're downplaying interest in Baker, which means they probably do like Baker. By the way, they, they said this past week that Geno Smith has a head start on Drew Locke to be the starter this year because he's been with the team for three years. So take yeah. it all for what it's but, worth. But the offensive coordinator's only been there one year, so how does that matter? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> TG coming back. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, 39 bucks. Summer, sp- oh man, the summer special. This is, I love reading about this. Through July 31st, you get Adam Burke with the baseball plays, you get JVT with the NBA plays throughout the playoffs, of course. You get Annie McNeil, Sunshine throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs and more point spread weeklies included as well. So it's all there. VEASAN.com slash summer. It's a great deal for 39 bucks. VEASAN.com slash summer. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Brady Cannon in studio along with Femi filling in for James Salinas. Did you know that it snowed like 10 feet in Denver, Colorado yesterday? Isn't it supposed to be warm there now? Well, I, I think it could change it, you know, at any time. But it's probably 75 degrees there today and nice, you know. <laughs> I mean, so Salinas it is shifts out. around <laughs> so much, you know, and, and the, the, the unpredictability of the weather there is incredible. So I, I just think to me, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's really a – I think it's a city that has the second most sunshine of any city other than San Diego oh, in the it's country. Great. It's a, it, driving through is incredible. Also, driving through New Jersey is beautiful as well. We head out to Atlantic City, New Jersey, and talk to Thomas Gable. He runs the race and sports book over at the Borgata. How you doing, Thomas? Good morning. 
Good morning, guys. How, how are you doing? You see early voting already out of the Belmonts. So the Preakness winner not going to be there. 50-50, I'd say, on Rich Strike. Maybe he runs, maybe he doesn't. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I certainly would hope so. Uh, you know, what we saw yesterday in terms of uh, the interest level, just from the what I would call the general public and, you know, casual bettors, uh, it, it just wasn't there in the Preakness without having the Derby winner in the field. Uh, you know, we saw it. The handle was, was decent here, uh, but that was really, you know, I had some serious horse players in, which helped that, but you, you saw it show up in other metrics like ticket count. Ticket count was down from previous years. So um, without having, you know, Rich Strike in the field, you know, it, I think just the, the casual horse racing uh, person would not just kind of sat it out and wasn't it wasn't uh, of interest. So uh, I ho- certainly hope for the Belmont Stakes that uh, Rich Strike will be uh, in the field. I mean, it's the, certainly the prerogative of the owner, and it, it's their money and their future. So, uh you know, can't question their decision on that. But uh, from uh, NBC perspective, in terms of viewership and you know just interest in the betting market, you know, drawing in those casual betters for horse racing, um, you know, it's important. And uh, getting that money into the pool is important. So uh, I, I hope from that perspective that Rich Strike will run. But uh, good job yesterday uh, with uh, with early voting, and we we said that yesterday in the show, early voting. And epicenter, you know, if early voting can hold off epicenter, that's kind of the way we thought it would go, and that's what and happened. And a good price, but, uh, five to one was an a good incredible price. price. And and you and I were texting back and forth <laughs> quite a bit before the race, as far as because the odds were, so we'll just wild. say, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, if you were watching the odds boards on that, I mean, some of the horses, Fenwick at eight to one. Um, who, who oh, Happy, Happy Jack. Jack was eight to one at yeah. eight to one at some point, and it's like, what is happening? You know, it's just you know, I think more towards post some sanity return. Yes, but I agree. I wouldn't say all of it. I wouldn't say all of no, it. No, and I think five to one on early voting was a gift for the betters. But I digress. Yeah. Um, so last night, how did the book turn out? Did you close five and a half with the Celtics? We did. We did, and it was actually a good result here for us. Um, we we needed uh, the heat, a lot of a lot of Celtics money, and uh, turned out very well. Um, one of the few games I think so far in the, this round of the playoffs that uh, we were on the right side of. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it was certainly good to see um, the Heat come back, and this is this is going to be a playoff matchup here where it's almost like a heavyweight fight. It's unfortunately Boston has found themselves now in it, you know, uh, for another round where. They kind of just slug it out with their opponent, and whoever's left standing at the end of Game 7 is uh, uh, declared victorious. And I think that's what's going to end up happening here. Uh, you know, this is just going to be a slugfest between these two teams, and um, you know, which leads to today's game in the West, because if the Warriors can close out this series you know, in four or five games, uh, they'll have some some rest here, uh, you know, because I certainly expect Eastern Conference one to go at least six, but I, I'm leaning that it's going to go seven games. Good point. Yeah, uh, Thomas. Before we jump on to Dallas and and, and Golden State this at today, what's the number you have at the at the the book on the Boston 
the, the Boston-Miami uh, game on Monday night. I mean, I was surprised by the number Tom, uh, Patrick and I were talking about. Uh, it's six and a half right now is what we have wow. it at. Six we, and a half. And do you uh, th- th- is that number it. based – is that number based on Butler expecting not to play, or, or are you feeling like that would have been if Butler were healthy? Well, <clears throat> remember, that was what we opened game three at, the six and a half. And I think we closed five and a half here last night. So Butler, you know, obviously not being healthy, and uh, it certainly goes into that six and a half. But I think that's just the number. I mean, at this point, we, we have sort of enough. Um, data to go by what we want the openers to be, and it really hasn't moved. Um, you know, typically when you open this, you know, at least globally, it's going to get hit, and uh, it it really hasn't. So you might see some small adjustments there, and certainly uh, Butler's availability will uh, will probably play into it. But uh, right now, it's uh, sitting at uh, six and a half, and. Um, it's where we opened it last night. And I'm seeing a lot of sevens, too. So yeah. the, the, yep. it, a lot of books, uh, including DraftKings, Circa, others, sit in sevens. So dancing between that six and a half, seven. Um, Dallas is up to three, correct? And you did open two? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So Dallas is certainly taking money here. Um, ticket count virtually even um, certainly favors the Mavs just slightly, but – 80% of the money here is on the map. So um, we certainly are taking Dallas money, and uh, you've, you've seen the uh, the movement there in the spread. And uh, Obviously, the, their back is against the wall here. They um, People know that they need this to win this game. Um, you can't go down 3-0 uh, in any series. So uh, I think <clears throat> that's why people are betting the maps here, and uh, you're seeing the movement. And, you know, the maps found themselves basically in this, same situation in the previous round against Phoenix and down 2-0 and coming back to Dallas and um, they, they got the job done in that series so this is going to be once again if the Mavs can can make some adjustments here um, what I really have a struggle with with from the last game with the Mavs they were so hot shooting the ball from three in the first half they just couldn't miss and in the second half they continue to shoot three, obviously cooled off tremendously, and they just continued to do that. They didn't try to get to the basket at all, um, even after their shots weren't falling from the outside. Um, and, I, you know, I put some of the owners there on Jason Kidd uh, to not really push that, but um, the Warriors here, again, it's uh, their pedigree is going to, uh, to shine through in this series overall. And now remember, the Warriors did seem to take a game off there in their That's last right. series. Could, could, <laughs> yeah. could this happen again, you know, tonight where it's like, okay, hey, we're, we're up 2-0, we don't really need this? Maybe we might see that again from the Warriors. So who knows? Yeah. yeah, if it gets, you know, if it gets in one of those places where it's kind of difficult, you know, we'll, we'll just get them on the next game. You know, they kind of have that mentality. Yeah. And, and and who knows, you know, where Draymond's mindset is. I mean, I thought he played out of control in the last game. We'll see what he does in this one. Yeah, we we call what the Warriors did in Game Five at Memphis a business decision because they were down yeah. fifty five <laughs> at one point in that game. They were yep. up three one in the series. Uh, they took the game off. So great point by you, yep. Thomas. That could we could be seeing a lackadaisical two zero lead here. But you never uh, look again. It, it is the and, Warriors. They turn it on in the fourth. Like it's fun for them. 
Yeah, and honestly, to Michael's point with Draymond, I mean, I, I think the guy was fortunate not to have been ejected totally from there against that second technical. He was really yeah, I mean, they just they, they saved him. They saved him. I mean, I thought Kerr did a great job of not playing him. I mean, he cut down his minutes in the mm-hmm. second half and went with Looney. I, I think he knew he was playing out of control. It's weird with Draymond. His reputation hurts him and protects him at the same time, if that makes sense, Thomas, because, you know, it's, others would have been tossed – but oftentimes there's a quick trigger on him because they're waiting. The perception is That's that, true. you know, so it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting how he is officiated. What would you – let me get your play. Both uh, Michael and Will Hill are on Dallas laying the points. What would you do in game three? Uh, I would actually look at the total here, and uh, I, I like the under right now. I think mm-hmm. I think they're going to muck it up. <laughs> That's that but Dallas has to, and Dallas has to make this a half court game. They cannot allow Golden State to continue continue to get out in transition, and the bench has to play better. But we keep on harping on Dinwiddie; he has to play better. Okay, no doubt. Enjoy your Sunday there at the Borgata, Thomas Gable. We appreciate you. Thanks, TG. All right, thank you guys. Okay, racing sportsbook there at the best book in Atlantic City. That's the Borgata. Coming up next, our buddy Wes Reynolds is going to join us here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets or free tokens, or you can just use the comps at MGM Resorts nationwide. It's pretty cool. It's a great loyalty program, like your credit card. 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. So obviously, with the final round of the PGA, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey on Patrick Maher here in Vegas, we're going to bring in one-third of long shots, Wes Reynolds, Brady Cannon in studio. Femi, we're just talking about the final round here. As we say hi to Wes, anybody going to chase down the Chilean here in the final round? I think so, Patrick. And look, Mito Pereira, even though he has not yet won on the PGA Tour, this is a guy with a pretty good pedigree. I know a lot of casual golf fans won't know who he is, but this was the guy on the Corn Ferry Tour just last year that got what they call the battlefield promotion. And what that is is when you win three times in a season, you get the automatic promotion to the PGA Tour. You don't have to worry about the corn fairy money list or anything like that. There's no Q school anymore necessarily for the PGA tour. So this is a guy that's a proven player, even though he has never won on the PGA tour. And when you look at the top five right now with Pereira, Matt Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris, Cam Young, and Abraham answer, you count one PGA tour win between those five players. And that was Abraham answer a couple years ago at that FedEx St. Jude, the WGC event down in Memphis. But nevertheless, these are all five very good players. So if if somebody's going to chase him down, and Pereira right now, number one in the field, strokes game putting, number one in greens and regulation, the guy with the most proven pedigree, even though he hasn't yet won stateside, is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's got seven wins on the formerly known as European Tour, now DP World Tour. So this is a guy that's won some big events before. So uh, the two that I have in the running – I've got Cam Young, 80 to 1, that I bet before the tournament. And I've got Matt Fitzpatrick at 25 to 1 on an in play. So maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think it's going to come down to Fitz and Cameron Young today. Uh, What will be the score? What do you think one of these guys, what will be the winning score? I mean, right now, uh, Pereira is 9 under. I mean, Zalatoris is minus 6. I mean, what do you think the winning score will be, Wes? And, Michael, I'm always horrible at predicting these winning scores because usually I'm too high and I forget these are the best players in the world and they always make me look dumb because they shoot lower and I think that they can. But I think the conditions could be at least slightly easier today. It was cold yesterday in Tulsa. It was only like mid-50s yesterday. And the last time this got played at Southern Hills in 2007, obviously, was in August when it was 100 degrees every day. But I think that this course may dry out at least a little bit 
and the greens have kind of gotten slightly faster over the course of the week. They were rolling like 10 on the stint meter, which is super slow on Monday when the players first got to the uh, Southern Hills. But I'm going to say that eight under is going to win this thing. By the way, that track looks so much tougher. They they redid it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they lengthened uh, the or they widened the fairways rather, Patrick, because uh, Gil Hans and his team came in 2018, early 2019, and widened the fairways, took out some of the trees. Uh, last time this was played here, when Tiger won in 2007, the fairways were about on average 28 to 30 yards wide. Now they're about 40 yards oh, wide. Wow. So. You know, it's made it a little bit easier to drive the golf ball, but it hasn't made the course any less difficult necessarily because the reason why it's so difficult is because of the greens, because, you know, balls, they won't stick. They'll roll off on approach if you don't hit your approaches just right. And then there are hazards. It's very well bunkered. And then you've got six creeks that go throughout the course. So one of the things you have to do off the tee, it's kind of daring you to hit it toward the hazards, to hit it towards the bunker, to hit it towards the creeks, because that's going to be the best angle into the green. So, you know, it does it does kind of trick you a little bit. But, uh, look, I think the course has held up over three days. Well, good luck with your plays. You know, and when – Go ahead, please. When you look at – Patrick, when you look at the par threes, there's four of them, and the average score is over par on every one of them. You got a 251, yeah. a 230, a 214. <laughs> I mean, to me, this is what makes it so damn hard is that the long iron play required to score on the short. I mean, the par fives, everybody has kind of played those fairly well. They average 47, you know, 47, between 47 and 48 on scoring. But the reality of these par threes are hard. Those are tough to score, Wes, those par threes there. No, no question. And even the par fives aren't necessarily birdie holes, even though they're averaging under par because, you know, these are both around 650 or 640 yards. So only the rare couple can reach this green in two. I know Scotty Scheffler, who missed the cut, did reach it in two on Friday. But a lot of these par fives are three shot holes for these guys. Okay, so are you going to make it three? We had Will Hill on the Mavs. Of course, Michael Lombardi on the Mavs. Are you West going to be on the maps today. They're laying three right now, hosting Golden State. I haven't bet it yet, but that's got to be the way I would look to go. I don't know if I'm going to get involved, but certainly that's where my lean is. I just think, look, you get the must-win situation, and we've seen this angle over the years. Now, keep in mind, it's priced into the market because you look, it's now, what, three for the full game, but it's also three on the first half. And you know, home court, I think, has been better as we go along, except for that Boston-Miami series, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's the logic. No no team has ever overcome a 3-0 deficit in a seven-game playoff series in the history of the NBA. So the sense of urgency, I think, gets priced in here. And just looking since the 2015-2016 season, if you go the first half against the spread trend, it's 36-12-1, 75% winning. But you can see that the, the, the odds makers know this trend. You're not going to fool them. So that's why they're, they're bumping it up to three, whether it's on bets or whether it's on air. They're going to force you to pay some big-time premium. 
And now that they've done that, it's gone back to four and two in the postseason this year. So you got to pick your spot. You can't necessarily play this blindly. I know when I give that number out, 75%, that, hey, that's the way you got to go here. But And I think that is the right way to go, but I might get priced out of it. But we're going to make it three for three. I do think Dallas uh, shows a little medal today and at least gets one on the board. Did you take anything from the Heat culture last night? What did you take from the win? Yeah, I, I was I was actually surprised. I, I lost personally on the under last night. Uh, couldn't escape that foul fest. I'm, I'm checking the score as I was uh, going into the Doobie Brothers concert last night at Planet Hollywood, and I was like, okay, can we avoid the foul fest? We got the empty netter in the hockey game there in St. Louis. Now can we avoid the foul fest? And we really couldn't. But, uh, you know, I got to give credit to Miami. And now you're seeing this pretty much become like a road-dominated series over the last couple games. And I have the Celtics in the series small at plus 120. So I still think that they are the better team. But Miami made the adjustments. It was Udoka in game two that made the adjustment going smaller with that lineup, as smaller as smaller can be because the Celtics aren't a very big team to begin with. And then it was Spo coming back, you know, ran a little bit more zone and they kind of daring Boston to take the threes. Boston made 23s in game two, and obviously that worked out for them. I know Marcus Smart went out of the game for a little bit, but the Heat to get it done in the second half without Jimmy Butler, I think this is going seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, these are both two mentally tough teams, and there's oh, and two coaches that I think have done a great job this year. And because of the adjustments and one game to the next game, I, I think we're on the seesaw pretty much all the game, and I think this is going seven for sure. More importantly, the Doobie Brothers—that's culture, my man. Was Michael Mc? That's what I, I. Good point, Patrick. Was Michael McDonald part of the Doobie Brothers? Patrick, he was, or excuse me, Michael, he was. He was playing with them. Tom Johnston, Pat Simmons, John McPhee, Michael McDonald, and Michael McDonald. Every once in a while, can still hit those vintage, like <laughs> late seventies, early eighties notes. But you can tell Love he's it. straining to hit those, you know. And sometimes he gets a little bit behind the lyrics, but it was a great show. 50th anniversary of the Doobie Brothers as a band. They just went in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. So it was a very enjoyable show. Michael, the only time I listen to Michael McDonald is when I'm generally heading to my yacht. You know, I got the boat yeah. shoes on and I get the yacht rock going. Yeah. That's Michael McDonald, homie. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. You got to love it. And congratulations you know? you to the Doobie love it. Brothers. That's awesome. Hall of Famers, Doofy Brothers. <laughs> Wes, you, you continue to amaze us. Uh, anything else? we got a minute. Anything else on the board today you like? Yeah, lean in a little bit with the Florida Panthers to get on the board in game three against Tampa Bay. But the one thing they got to do is actually score a power play goal. They are still over now through uh, eight games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it would help for them to put a puck on the net on a power play. But I do think Florida gets the win in Tampa today. All right, there he is, VEASAN host Wes Reynolds. Great job, Wes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate you. What a Fool Believes. That's a Doobie Brothers song. Oh, listen to the music. That's my jam. (laughs) I might listen to that on Spotify on the way home. Michael, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the basketball as well. Yes, you too, Patrick. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Brady Cannon and Femi coming up next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have a great Sunday.
Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus code V. Simply use bonus I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.